Welcome back to the show. There's no telling where we'll go. So come and share a laugh on the Imp and Skiz podcast. All right, Skiz, we are back. And uh, we've got a special this week. We've got another guest here in the studio. Well, virtually, anyway. we like to welcome Martin to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hello! <laughs> Thank you for having me. Martin, a.k.a. in the Little Wood, as, uh, as, as your YouTube channel is. Uh, how's it going, man? It's good. It's good. I'm really genuinely excited to be on this. Um, I've joined the new SMP recently, so for the first time in almost ever, I've had like you know the grind of like getting materials, planning out builds, that kind of thing, and it's the first time I've ever needed like ongoing like background noise or just something to listen to whilst going. And genuinely, I've been listening to this podcast. It's been perfect. Oh, for that. nice. That's awesome. So, That's just, so cool. It's to been hear. great. So cool to hear. So. Uh, usually the way we like to start things off when we have a guest is assume that our listeners have no clue who you are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if That's you fair. would, you know, everybody loves a good origin story. Could you give us uh, a little <laughs> background about who you are? And uh, obviously you're a YouTube creator. I think most will know that. But how did you, how did that yeah. all come about? And, and what are you up to these days? Um, so yeah, so my name's Martin. I go by In the Littlewood Online. Uh, I've got various YouTube channels. My like my main one, I guess, really at the minute has now become my Minecraft one again, <clears throat> which has been quite nice. But for a long time, uh, I've been solely a Fortnite creator randomly, and that stemmed from a time when I was a variety creator. And then initially, in those early days, I was pure Minecraft. So I've gone through some really weird cycles of with my channel because um, I've been in this game for 10, 11 years now, wow. something like that. Um, so it's really got, kind of gone through an evolution. Uh, I'm part of a little group called the Yogscast. We're based in the UK. Um, and they're, again, a lot of them are from the, kind of those old days and we've sort of stayed as a nice little unit. Um, and we're based out of a city called Bristol and we do uh, a really cool charity stream each year, which people might have heard of, the Jingle Jam. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and nowadays at the moment, I am pretty much fully focused on the Minecraft stuff. I log into Fortnite once a week to record a couple of challenge videos. But aside from that, I am full Minecraft and I'm currently in a, an SMP called New Life SMP, which has got mostly people from Empires, a couple extra friends and then even Scars in there as well, which is actually quite exciting. So um yeah that's what i've been up to nice. recently. yeah i caught some of that uh the that series and it's it's like a modded in, in a way right like you get a yeah a character so to it's play. an origin series and then we've just thrown a bunch of like quality of life slash explorative slash building mods in there and then the big one which i didn't anticipate we would have in there because we already had so much uh was we threw in the create mod which i had zero experience oh. with um, but fun. I've been playing with it and it's so nice. I mean, <laughs> everyone's been making like, you know, the cool looking stuff like, hey, I've got a factory that can churn out 500 gravel an hour or 600 flint a day. Um, and I've literally just made a fridge where the big door opens. It's this ginormous <laughs> fridge and the bottom of it for the freezer opens up and then it closes again when you want it to. Uh, but probably my proudest effort so far is I've made, you know, those wacky, wavy, inflatable guys that you have outside yeah, of dealerships. Yeah. Um, I've got one of those next to the store. <laughs> um, so he's just whack, like waving his arms. You can have him on constantly, but I've limited him at the moment to only waving his arms when the door is opening to the uh to the to the shop um so it's been good it's been really good my my first origin on the server is a custom one because i've always had a gripe that they were going to call this mob in the minecraft mob vote the uh ice ologer or something mm -hmm. like that yeah, i remember I like, that one that's such a lame name i was like no he should have been called the chillager like it's right there he <laughs> should have been called chillager instead of villager so yeah. my origin is custom made and he's he's a chillager, chillager. so I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with that character oh that is so cool 
So you mentioned something. You uh, you're part of the group Yogs Cast, and I remember you mm. know, ten years ago when I was just getting into the YouTube stuff. Like obviously Yogs Cast was just enormous, right? Like like just yeah, taking YouTube by storm. You know, Simon mm-hmm. and Lewis are names that we're all familiar with, but it, you mentioned it's a it's a large group of creators. How in the world did that come about? How did you become part of that group? <laughs> I love telling this story because it's just so like, I don't think me nowadays would do this, but back in the day, like I was obviously so fresh in the in the YouTube scene and like a real like fanboy of them as was just about anybody in the gaming mm-hmm. space. Because this was like 2011, I want to say. So like they were some of the first gaming videos on YouTube. It was there with like CNANAs and Etho and, you know, all these kinds of people back then. And um, the very first, I think it was the first parody that Jordan had done, the TNT um, song, the Usher parody, had come out. And I thought, well, at the time I was doing uh, some work in radio and I really enjoyed doing songs and stuff. So I put together a little song called Form This Way, which was a parody of Lady Gaga's Born This Mm -hmm. Way, which had literally come out like a week or so prior to this. Um, and I put this little parody together. I had them cameo in it as backing dancers because I knew about this much Blender, so I was able to do a little animation with it. We were doing the Thriller dance from Michael Jackson's uh, <laughs> old music video for, like, no reason. And um, I posted it at the time. They had forums, which is, like, such an internet relic now, forums. But I posted it on the forums in their Minecraft category. And because they were so huge at the time, that was such a busy space on their website. And to kind of keep it getting attention and stuff, I'd wait until it fell off the first page of threads. Then I'd reply to some of the nice comments people had said about (laughs) it. And it had pinged back to the top. And I did that a couple of times on repeat just to keep that kind of like traffic going. Uh, And then one day I got a DM on the forum from Lewis being like, hey, um can we speak? Can you jump on Ventrilo real quick? And I was like, oh no. I like messaged my friend Toby. I was like, yeah, I thought I was about to get roasted. They were about to say, this is really uncool what you're doing, this, that, and the other. Uh-huh. Uh, but it turns out they were like, we-, we love the song. We'd love to put it on our channel. Um, would you like to come to Bristol and we can write another song and we can, you know, have a go at this thing. Because I think they'd seen the successes of, success of Jordan's one as well as what mine had managed to acquire at that time. I think it had a little over 100,000 views, which for those days was like getting a couple mil nowadays like it's the disparity in views is crazy um and then yeah i basically went to their offices recorded another song with them and then whilst i was there for that trip um they had one office space left at the end of the corridor because they had this like it was about seven rooms and they had a second floor for all the admin and they were like would you like to join the network and come and be a part of this whole thing and i was like really umming and ahhing because i was still very much in love with the dream of being a radio presenter at the time Mm. Um, so I said, let me go home and think about it. The day I got home from that trip, I had a meeting with the head of the radio station I was working at and they were like, yeah, like stations basically shutting down. We've got to cut ties. Really sorry. And I was like, I guess my decision's made. Wow. wow. (laughs) That worked out. The universe was telling you the way to go. Yeah. yeah. Big time. It was a real push in that direction. And then, yeah, basically I joined Yogscast, um, started collaborating with them a bit more and just kind of been with them ever since. Um, Really That's fun. outstanding. What a story. What a story. I want, I want to dive a little bit into our my first engagement with, with Martin, which I believe was was your first engagement as well, was the original live series. Yeah, right? Green's live series. All third live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was That's the first time we met him for yeah. sure. And I remember it, it was interesting because I knew very, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about you. I hadn't had an opportunity to work with you before. 
And uh, I remember Impulse being like, this, this cat's kind of a loose cannon. I'm not really sure what to, you know, what to, you know. And, uh, Wait, was this prior or was this like you did first session was, and we're like, That was like Whoa. the first impression was like, like, wow, this guy is all over. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh, I wasn't used to that big of a personality. You know what I mean? Like you, you. I think a lot of that from me came through like nervousness because yeah. like it, most of that series was like hermit crafts and friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm in that friend category, but I hadn't been integrating in Minecraft for a little while properly. So I think I felt really out of my depth. And I felt like I just kind of had to like make myself, you know, known, yeah. but without being too much of a nuisance. Like I think in literally that first episode, I was doing the creeper on the soundboard yeah, yeah. prank and stuff like <laughs> you that. Were, yeah, you were. So, well, I'll tell you what, to, to hear that you were feeling nervous at all is is pretty jarring mm. to me because you you came off really comfortable in your own skin and it was... It was kind of refreshing, you know. It was nice. I was like, I, I, I liked you instantly, right? I liked you instantly. Uh. Now, in regards to you being a loose cannon, I feel like you hit the mark. You're, you're absolutely a loose cannon, but that's your, that's your gig, you know. And, and I remember my, we've talked about this before offline. We've even talked about it a little bit, I think, on the podcast. But my first introduction to you was you lighting me on fire. Like that, I went into the nether and you just dunked me in lava right <laughs> oh away. Oh my God, yeah, yeah and it's it a, was. It was like, it wasn't just a Minecraft put me in, uh, in lava. It was like, a, this is a humongous breach of the rules type thing. So we were both in panic mode because <laughs> I didn't want to lose one of my only lives. And you were like, I cannot deal with the static I'm going to get if I kill this guy. So you put a cauldron yeah. down and save me. But I remember I came back out of the nether. I'm like, I think I'm going to keep some distance from that cat right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was such an accident as well. I think I, if memory serves me correctly, I'd just broken a block to cause some pouring lava. Yeah. Um, just as a bit like a, oh, that's a close call. Yeah. Just to kind of keep people on their toes. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just went a bit I sour. I couldn't get out of it. But anyway, it, was, it made for good TV and, you know, no harm, no foul. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of it, it kind of brings me into a, a great question we have um, from one of the one of the viewers um, from Lakshmi. And I really like this question because I want to lead into this question by saying your your role playing is is very, very sound. And and you you're able yeah. to create characters, you're able to lean into them. And there's there's times I'm like, I'm not sure if he's role playing or not. This is this coming off so <laughs> natural, but you do such a good job and, and you create these roles. And this question from Lakshmi says. Uh, when you're role playing evil, how do you deal uh, with people hating on the real you? Now, let me let me set Ooh. this up a little bit, right? Mm. So there's we all play characters. We we just do, yeah. you know. And and I think uh, when you and I were talking to Scar, he it was either you or him said that we kind of bake in a vibe, which was perfect. It's not full blown acting, but we're baking in a vibe mm -hmm. uh, to what's already there. And so when Martin does what he does, and it doesn't really help that you're also extremely dangerous in the game. So when you kind of give into a little bit of the evil, you become a very evil, dangerous person, but it's great for TV. It's great entertainment. You're so good at it. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's, let's just say what it is. There's a big chunk of the population that can't discern the difference and they, yeah. they kind of come after the person. How do you, how do you deal with that? I think that, I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think if you'd have asked me maybe like six, seven years ago, I used to be this unbearable people pleaser and I was living so much more for other people than I was for myself. And even if I didn't even like the person who had a negative opinion of me, I'd be so obsessed with trying to at least like win them around, whether that's with like self-deprecating humans kind of joining on their dislike of me or whatever else it may be. But mm. I kind of just had this like click point a few years ago where I was like, I can totally like rationale that I know that I did everything with good intentions purely for entertainment or for, you know, camaraderie or collaboration or whatever it may be. And I've just managed to switch off that part of my brain that really cares. And it's not even so much a, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be really selfish. It's like, no, I know that I can 
do an action with the right intent in mind and have conviction in that decision it's a really hard hurdle to get over and like i'm like what 33 now i wish i'd gotten over that hurdle when i was in like my early 20s i feel like i could have done on it (laughs) yeah and it's i kind of see it like we are just making a bit of fiction at the end of the day like obviously when i betrayed you and scott at the end of the season (laughs) i was doing what was right for like the moment try and not repeat history Mm -hmm. and give some people something a bit fresh Um, And I had everything in that encounter from like, you know, armchair psychologist through to like the most heinous thing you could say to somebody online kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it was just water off a duck's back because, you know, in the similar way to like say Joffrey and their actor in Game of Thrones or something like that, they're completely separate characters and detachments. And it's, I I just knew that I was just doing something fun and something nice. And if people want to misinterpret that then that's something that's on them and they've kind of got to work on themselves in a similar way to how i worked on myself to not you know kind of blur reality or worry too much about what others think of me when there's not that much truth there yeah um i like that so I feel it's, like it's, it was it, a hard hurdle to get over it's kind of necessary right when when you're creating content to to have a little bit of both sides to create a little bit of drama a little bit of tension and somebody yeah, has absolutely. to play in that role that's not always the most comfortable especially when the viewers start to get on you about you know being a villain role or whatever but like if everybody was just you know the hero in our stories it make, make no sense it you would just, it would be super boring right yeah, so we absolutely. kind of need that yeah you, you know but the thing is is i drip fed it through not only this season but even the previous seasons like i've had this ongoing thing where i have this like outside thing that i put into only the editing but never in world of like my take on the watchers and the listeners story that green originated in the um the evo series and there's always that thing where sometime in the series i will be soured i will be influenced to do something that's a bit more negative like all the way back in third life i had a plan where if we won the battle at dogwarts i was then going to betray ren and in chat i would type winter is over spring has begun like it's and i was sowing those seeds throughout the episodes and there's been plenty of people for for even limited life who have been like well no martin did this here and that there and that there and that was a conscious effort on my part to show that you can't 100 trust me like keep keep me at arm's length like you know tango is a prime example of somebody who totally read the character just right like he was always so apprehensive yes, to have me coming along for the ride yeah. and he was reading the signs and the signals that like i wasn't someone to be you know held too close or too dear um so it's fun i i enjoyed doing that sort of thing see and i liked kind of um uh, so th- there's a reason you and i got along right away because I'm, I'm i'm very similar right and impulse knows this about me i just it's not possible for me to give less of a crap what people think about me. I just, it, and I've been like this for a long time. I've been trying to learn from them for t- over 20 years and I still haven't figured yeah, it out. Because, because I guess I learned at a really early age that um, there's no, I mean, we all, we all know there's no such thing as pleasing everybody. We're all aware of that. But then it come, came down to the fact that it was like, I don't even know if I care about pleasing anybody. <laughs> I'm just going to do yeah, what I want to do. And, and, and like you it's, said. Can you go to bed each night and think, was I a good person today? And if you were like, yeah, I had fun with my friends. I recorded some content. Yeah. I played the bad guy, but it was part of a narrative. Like you've not gone out your way to harm anybody that day. You've not put any ill into the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, not at all. And that's why like, like when you and I, when I started hanging out with you and Ren on that first season, you and I, you know, he was sort of our leader, if you will, but you and I had like this interesting bond where you were really into my crazy bloodlust. Like you, you yeah. every time I would start to lose it, you would say, oh, I love, I like the bloodlust. Like you liked it. And I remember on. one of my yeah. most favorite moments was, you know, we were still in a state where we couldn't f- actually attack people, 
but I was pretty upset with, uh, I mean, character upset with, with, uh, green and scar. And the only thing I could think about getting right to their heart was killing pizza, their, their, their llama. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I remember you, me, you, me, and we've talked about this before, but you, me, Ren, and I believe Etho were all side by side and we were great distance. I said, guys, pull out your bows. And I said, kill pizza. And you had this moment, dude. And I've talked, I love that. I've talked about it. And I just love it so much. You had this moment when I said that you went, <laughs> I'm down. Like it was like, so (laughs) you just like laughed and then you realized, no, this is great. And we did it. And we just had this bonding moment of like, we like the chaos. We like to mix it up, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's, we, it's the, dabbling that taboo. Like, it, like the whole, ha I'm down. It's like, uh, no, I'm going to wave it away, but no, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was perfect. And so I enjoyed, I, I really enjoyed that, uh, that moment. And I want to talk a little bit, I'm going to d- divert a little bit, but, um, there is, I, I, this last season, I, I have one, I literally have pretty much one regret of this last season. And, and I've never, I've never actually, I talked about it briefly with you kind of off camera, um, but it was so, so brief. And that is, I decided to do the, um, the affirmations right in this last season where I, I talk about what's special about everybody. And I actually started with Martin and I started with the notion of, I just wanted to pay somebody a loose, like kind of a nice casual compliment. Mm-hmm. And I really, really think Martin's got a fantastic laugh. That was genuine. I, I like his laugh very, very much. It's very infectious and, and it just makes you feel good. It's got this warm tone to it. I like it a lot. And so it started off with me kind of wanting to pay these casual uh, compliments, but it evolved into genuine heartfelt um, affirmations. So by the time I was halfway through the season and more towards the end, I realized, man, I shortchanged the crap out of yeah, Martin. Like people were <laughs> like people were around during that, right? Like we were yeah. all in a cave together or something. When yeah, yeah it was the moment when I'd been given boogie in that circle that we were studying. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was like, it would be funny, but that joke has already happened of the the sudden kill. Um, so in editing, I was then like, well, I maybe shouldn't kill him and stuff like that. So it, <laughs> it worked well that you giving me that affirmation, the one person out of the other, was it 15 people on the server? Yeah. You happened to give it to the boogeyman. And that literally, I chose that as a moment to kind of like spare your, your you life. know, your. Yeah, and I'd been killed by two boogeymans already that episode. Yeah. But you like did this thing where you freeze framed and you slowly panned in on me and you <laughs> yeah. said, you have no idea how badly I wanted to kill him just now. Yeah. And, and yeah. you actually kind of started to verbally because I said I miss hang, I miss playing with you, and you said I miss fighting with you, and that was your verbal lead into I'm going to kill him now, and you like held. I didn't realize it until I watched your footage later. Yeah, realize how how close I I came there. But in all honesty, what the words might what the affirmation should have been was that your dedication for post production, like your yeah. your your blood, your blood sweat and tears and blood sweat and tears into your post production is second to none, and that goes. I mean. The things you do, you won this season and what you did at the end of it. I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? And you go back to season one, you, me, and Ren, you got you and, and uh, Ren decided to adopt me, if you will, into your family. So you came, you helped mm-hmm. me move out of my house. So we were walking away and all I did was say this. I said, bye house. That's all I said. He has an artist go and create a full-blown illustrated oh, yeah. book. <laughs> I on, about that. It was unbelievable. Like a whole thing where My you like, house. I don't even know how you did. You, you laughed. You said, oh, like you made this mm-hmm. sound. You said, it's like you're doing spoken word by house. And you just did this thing. And then you had an illustrator illustrate every page of that book of what by house the book would have been. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think what? as we were walking towards Dogwarts, I like improv like a silly little uh, yeah. story, like story basically. You did. And then but then you made it. It didn't rhyme at the end though, if I remember correctly. I think I just fluffed the last. Uh, <laughs> but it was. Last yeah, 
Yeah, it, it did. <laughs> but it it reminded me of like, okay, that right there, that was, I mean, I liked it. I laughed at it. I enjoyed that moment. But what it ended up doing for me in regards to my disposition of you was I realized so many times in my life, all of us, have I had ideas in my brain and it just, it just, it blows up on my brain. This is what would be great. And you mm -hmm. know what they, they're ideas that I have, they spark up the synapses connect and then they disconnect and I move on with my life. Martin doesn't do that. He has a good idea and his brain goes, Drives that's it. a good idea. Let's make it a reality. And you do it a lot. Yeah. I, you know what it is, is because I, I know it sounds really daft, but I'm one of the people that doesn't have a mind's eye. So if I have an idea, I think Green's the same. We were talking about this. It's we can't, if you close our eyes and say, imagine an apple, I don't see anything. It's just black. It's almost like I have this just out of field of view, like list and I can reel off the bullet points and sometimes just for my own kind of like gratification or even just almost like a need, if you will, I have to see these things like come to fruition because otherwise they will just sit there and just like, you know, sort of tick away at me and stuff like that. But that's where I then bring in like artists and the like to kind of bring something to a final product. Um, because sometimes those ideas just sit and I can't, I can't let them go. Um, I've got to get them in. It makes the turnarounds really difficult though. Cause yeah, I mean, that. <clears throat> we're posting those live series every week yes yeah yeah we record you know on like monday or tuesday and then we're releasing on friday so the turnaround's uh pretty short and and if Brutal. you, you kind of like watch how most of the the, the members of the live series they would just kind of like edit the best moments and stuff but i noticed martin like really stepped up the editing and and i took that as a bit of a challenge for myself this last season and i i told martin i think yeah. i was like I'm going to try to to mimic like what you're doing a little bit with the editing because it's just it, it was so inspiring to see how much work you put in when the life series started the first one which was like third life right um was that kind of your mentality going into that like did you, what drove you to want to put that extra effort into editing instead of just doing the the highlight cuts like the rest of us I think it was I think it's because I hadn't exhibited myself properly in that way before. I had this skill set and I do it in very small bursts and in really random places, like whether it's a little thing with a stream asset or, you know, something like older videos. And I was always for years and years, because mentioned how I mentioned I did like Minecraft and variety and then, you know, the channel almost died out. And then I moved to Fortnite because that suddenly exploded. But for the majority of my career on YouTube, I've kind of done qual uh, quantity over quality. And Third Life, there was no channel upkeep to do. Like that channel was very dormant and I was just suddenly going to post on it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just flip the the priority order here. And I wanted to go into that and yeah, genuinely go for quality over quantity to kind of best showcase uh, what I'm capable of. And, you know, it's going to be so many fresh eyes because I haven't crossed over with many of the hermits before and people like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'm going to put my best foot forwards. This is all brand new eyes and um yeah, so it was a very conscious effort to to kind of go in with that, to kind of really show who I am and what I can do if I've got enough time to yeah. to pull it together. Yeah, you could see like the reaction of the viewers too. Um, coming in kind of a lot of the viewers obviously maybe not have heard of you before, but then you quickly see the Reddit, you know, whose point of view should I watch? And a lot of them, Martin, he does the best editing yeah. and has all this extra stuff that you won't get from anybody else's POV. And you just see your name like like mentioned over and over again, and I can imagine that drove yeah, a lot of people really to come sweet. check it out. And like you, you were saying about you stepping up the editing this season, you did. Like I love the effect that you did, where it would almost do like a, a drop in uh, brightness and contrast for the background, and then there'd be that like red 
sort of electric line and stuff and then you have that internal monologue like that looks so I had to sick get help. i really like, enjoyed like, that like i don't i didn't see uh i don't watch like a lot of anime and stuff and so uh i do have an editor that's helping me or helped me for that season and you know they they obviously watch anime and i guess that's one of the things that yeah. anime does a lot and so yeah they put that in there and i was like oh that was neat <laughs> yeah but it was really it, cool it, and like it, even it, just the use of replay mod like i've only just now in this new life smp started using replay mod but i might if we do another live series, I might incorporate it into that one as well. But it's it's a new toy I've just picked up, so I'm slowly starting to get to grips oh, with it. Lean quirks. into that, it's man. Lean, for sure, so but re worth it. replay mods. Uh, it, it, for anybody who's know what we're talking about, replay mod is basically like a third floating camera that you can kind of reposition after the mm -hmm. fact and and animate its its direction and, and all that. And I remember when I yeah. first started replay mod, I was I was kind of intimidated because it's kind it's hard to understand what it is. It's hard to understand what's going to look what you know look good. But I ended up using it so much that it became kind of second nature to where I didn't even know, like, if you asked me, how do I do this? I, I would literally be like, I, I don't know. My fingers just do it because you do mm -hmm. it enough and yeah. you know how to move stuff around. So I remember like I did the replay mod for the, uh, the, when we blew up, you know, bread bridge or whatever. And I did that whole like kind of music sequence with that. And I just found myself in a space to where I was like, this is going, I know I can see this entire finished product before I even start editing. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, and that's when you, that's when you realize you under, as soon as you understand what the capacity of what replay mod is, is when the doors crack wide open for you. Imagine that. Hollywood. I think that's where I'm at at the minute. Yeah. I think I'm still learning what I can and can't do with it. Like I noticed that if you try to fast forward too far through the timeline, then often it will just crash and it will just go. You kind of have to do it in smaller increments or, yeah. you know, setting keyframes is quite vital to it. So I'm, I'm still very much in that you know, a baby learning to walk kind of face uh, with it. I'm imagining like if Hollywood had this tour, this tool, replay mod, like they, you record an entire scene and then afterwards get to decide where the camera gets to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you don't have to think about it. You know, cinematographers must, they, they would love that. Like, the scene's done and it's like, oh, I want this angle now. Now I want this angle. Now I want yeah. this one. No, they have to think about that ahead of time. We don't. We just play. It's recording guess, and then afterwards the we're like, who so I was going to say, the only people who probably get the advantage of that are 3D animators. Like, yeah. But yeah. even then, stuff is so aggressively storyboarded before they even go to sit at a computer that maybe they kind of lose a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really cool tool, for sure. We've only had it for, what, like five years or so? Uh, I think something like that. And it's been, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to, so I, so there's something and I, I, I've said it before, but there's some, there's a technique called dramatic irony where basically this is what replay mod can do for you is, is uh, when you, the audience knows something that the characters do not. Right. And you see it in movies mm -hmm. all the time and it's, it's, it's hard thing to set up. And one of the most classic ones is, is impulse. And I, you know, we have a series called naked and scared and several, several uh, seasons ago, this is a ultra hardcore. So you're, you're, one of us dies, it's, it's over, whatever. We were both uh -huh. really, really low on hearts. It's one death, you're, you're, you have, we have 21 days to complete a ridiculous task. We went into this, um, we were in the caves. And, ben and Mineshaft, and, yeah. And ben and Mineshaft. We just were dying to find a golden apple because you can't craft them. We found a, a chest, we found a golden apple. What we didn't know is there was a poisonous spider right above our head. We had no, or, or maybe a regular spider. Just I don't even sitting know. there. Just sitting there. And we, <laughs> no neither idea. one of us, we didn't know it until I was editing and I was using replay mod. I'm like, no way. I, we never knew. So I had the replay mod do this thing to where it revealed it to the audience. And you can just see how stupid we nice. are. That was a good moment, right? That's a whole different level of, of what it is to, for storytelling and, and to what it is to you know push that narrative. So my question for you is, see, see, when I ever, whenever I see you stream, it seems like you're mm -hmm. just, 
so comfortable and having so much fun. And it just, it seems like you're just so into it. But then I look at your YouTube videos and I'm like, this isn't somebody that's phoning it in. This is somebody that seems to be on some sort of mission to be like, like the, the greatest YouTube producer of all time. Like you just like what you put into it is ridiculous. So if I gun to my head, what does Martin like better streaming or YouTube? I have no idea. You tell me, you know what? I don't know if I know either, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I think the reason I'm so comfortable when I live stream is because obviously you're you're live for longer periods of time, but through my past experience as a radio presenter, I'm I, f I feel very comfortable in live real-time reactive spaces. Um kind of the editing things together in, you know, in post-production for Premiere Pro is almost like a newer skill set to me because growing up I wasn't creative in that way at all. Like I didn't really draw, I didn't um record that much with my camera and stuff this has all kind of happened from the the moment i started youtube was kind of my first time really picking up a camera and trying to learn how to tell narrative and capture moments so i would probably say even nowadays i probably enjoy streaming more partly because it's less effort but also because i find that's my my first comfort space and then yeah i think maybe videos are secondary but there are moments where i make something and i'm like oh yeah okay like that is better than any stream that i could ever possibly do I think when you do something in post-production like that, it allows you to make a moment bigger than you ever could in a live format, mm -hmm. unless you had all of those assets pre-baked. Um, so it's quite tricky to do that. Like I've done a commercial this past week, a really over-the-top 90s like dealership type commercial <laughs> um, for that fridge store with the wacky wavy inflatable guy. And that's the sort of thing you can never do in a live <laughs> setting. You need the music, you need the punctuation, mm -hmm. you need the little like... Oh, like, you know, like the record scratch where the music stops when you then do this one one line zinger of a joke and then it goes straight back into the emphasized music. Um, so there's, there's flickers where I enjoy videos more, but I think streaming is definitely still my my happier place of the two, I would say. And yeah, one of the harder things being in our space is like trying to balance everything, right? Like there's benefits to streaming, there's benefits to posting videos on YouTube. And it's just, yeah. it's just even like in other spaces like TikTok and and all these multiple platforms, it's, it's really hard to like find a balance. How do you feel you've done in finding a balance with all the different things you do? Now, you mentioned you have like multiple YouTube channels. So how do you balance yeah. it? All? Uh, honestly, I think at the minute I am probably balancing it too evenly, if that makes sense. So like um, like my, my typical day when I wake up is like from 7 a.m. until like 1230. I'm on I'm on dad mode. I'm looking after the little one, you know, doing that all morning. And that is like 50 percent of my day. Then the latter 50 percent of the day is uh, I get about six ish hours on a good day, maybe a little bit less. Um, and at the moment, I do just kind of cut that straight down the middle. First half of it, the first three and a bit hours is me making videos and making, you know, anything that I need for, um, you know, sort of final products. And then the latter half of it is me live streaming. And then after that, it's basically food, spend time with the wife, and then basically straight to bed. So I think at the minute I am just doing a straight even split. I've not got any kind of like magic routine or recipe to it it's just i'm really just taking my time and just quantifying it and going you get this much and you get that much like mm -hmm. there are days where i'll sometimes sacrifice live streams because where live streams isn't often anything that is too imperative and anything that's too important it's more just like for me streaming is just my way of constantly staying checked in with the audience and being present as well i guess like just kind of being there for daily conversation giving people that safe space to come into and kind of disconnect from whatever they've got going on 
Um, but there are times I certainly let making videos trump the streaming stuff just because one is a little bit more kind of like voluntary than the other is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the minute I, I is just pretty much a 50, 50 between the two. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've posted some, uh, TikToks that have done pretty well too, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. So again, I did that whole thing. I know that if you're supposed to be a really great TikTok creator, and even if you're using it as an extension of your brand from being a streamer or a YouTuber, you're really supposed to like anyone who's a full-time TikToker or is using it well. Um, they're posting like three, three to five times a day, and it's like I could never. Yeah, <laughs> like, no way. Like there are some people who post three to five times a day, but it's either them reading like a quick news bit, giving it a minuscule opinion, and then asking people their opinions. And you can, you sure you can knock those out five times a day. Um, but kind of same mentality with my YouTube channel. Um, and I know my editor, Tom, he can get frustrated sometimes because he'll have a clip for me from a live stream or a video and go, I think this short moment works well as a TikTok. And I'll sort of have to sit down and kind of go, actually, because I'm going for quality over quantity, I actually think that moment is okay, but I don't think it's I don't think it's really stellar, like it's really special. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on my TikTok, I've certainly been doing quality over quantity, and it does mean that my output is slower, but... As a result, I'm noticing that there's a consistency in the views and the engagement on TikToks. Um, because if I watch it and I don't lose my the attention, then hopefully the audiences aren't either. Um, but I know it definitely slows my editor down from knowing <laughs> <laughs> what he can and can't put in front of me. So I think he puts about, I would say out of like, you know, percentage wise, I think about 70% of what he puts in front of me, I just say no to. And oh, then wow. only about 30% actually trickles through to the TikTok. Um, so yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm probably not the best to work with. <laughs> it is, it is probably hard. A bit annoying. It is hard to like turn it down sometimes, right? When it's like, oh yeah, we just throw that up there and at least there's content to keep it going, but uh, to care about quality. I mean, that's kind of what important. I've been using my shorts channel for is having that more kind of like middle of the road content. Like mm-hmm. it's a fun moment. Let's, let's archive it but it's not going to go on like the vertical formats. We're not going to waste the time doing the subtitles and yeah. the reframing and everything. Cause that in itself is surprisingly time consuming. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You mentioned, so you spend the first part of your day with your little one and uh, your wife. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about your family a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, your wife actually was a content creator herself, correct? Yeah, she was. Yeah. I, I maybe plans one day to come back. I'm not sure. It's um, it's full mum mode at the minute, but yeah, we met, um through the scene um so she was making content she was making family friendly content as well um solely minecraft as well she would occasionally trickle out into something like roblox or like you know for a random sponsored stream she'd play something non-minecraft um but yeah so she was doing that and we met at minecon london so that would have been 2014 mm-hmm. um and basically we met at that event sort of got on quite well and we sort of messaged back and forth over the months following that um and then yeah not long after we started dating but nobody knew we were dating for years after that (laughs) so we didn't actually even tell anybody that we were even together let alone um anything more like so the post where i was like hey like i'm with someone was we've gotten engaged it was (laughs) so it was like i had my last relationship which is very public and i was like i don't think i want to do that this time around especially it's even more so if it's with another content creator as well Mm -hmm. um so we just kept it super under wraps just for us and i think that worked really nicely because it meant that there was never blurred lines between work and personal it's like we would collaborate on occasion and we do the odd thing but it was quite you know sporadic when we do that but we were very much like you know 
enjoying being partners just as people and then content creators was this whole separate thing um but yeah we literally just hit the post so we like got engaged and then you know we posted that day and everyone was like what like i didn't even know you were together <laughs> but we spent a lot of that period going to so many conventions because we were obviously long distance for uh, a good majority of that but going to conventions was a way that we could see each other more often because mm-hmm. um, traveling is quite expensive on the trains in the uk so when you've got these companies that are like hey come to our event we'll cover travel and accommodation um it just meant that we had those like bits of work but then it meant we got to spend time together there as well and we got into a habit in the later years of doing git of realizing that oh like we are spending time together and it's nice but we're often just exhausted Mm -hmm. and it's like you know the only things we would see would be the airport the convention center and like the restaurant that evening and that would be it um but we got really good in in the latter years of ensuring that we would actually just book an extra few days at that location so whether it was you know sweden or texas or whoever else it may be um we started booking extra days to go and do some touristy stuff or even just have like a bit of a wind down and actually just enjoy you know each other's company and being somewhere a little bit different it was quite nice um so yeah we struck a really nice balance with that must be nice to have a significant other that like understands what you are doing right because yeah she did it as well for for however many years so yeah that's kind of nice she like understands she like how unforgiving the, the timings can be yeah when you're stressing about views or whatever they, they've been there done that you know so they can they can empathize with you a little bit this is nice yeah why did you guys what you guys both had some sort of unspoken agreement that you just kind of wanted to keep it under wraps was that just to avoid headaches and just not wanting to really talk about it yeah, I think it was it was a mixture of things. I think for me, it's I'd had a very public relationship um, the first time round, like with my with my ex, and then um, that didn't really end particularly well. And the whole time, it was just always a bit like the, the lines were blurred between like you know what's real and what's not. It was all just a bit messy, honestly. And I was like, I never want to do that again. Mm. Um, and then my wife, um, she's related to another content creator. And she'd worked quite hard to kind of detach their brands over the years, not for any negative reason. It was more she just wanted to be seen as her own person mm-hmm. rather than, like, oh, you're this person's sister. Like she didn't want to just be derivative of somebody else. And then likewise with me, um, she didn't want it to be like, oh, you're Martin's girlfriend or whatever. Like, you know, she wanted to be respected and, you know, seen as an individual creator, which she absolutely should be because she's really good at what she does um so yeah so it was kind of like a couple of like layered reasons in there but we both just found that we quite enjoyed that kind of like work-life divide it meant that you know we could be you know real i can dig <laughs> sort of thing. I, I like the whole like we're we're engaged who's we what happened i like that like you know there's, <laughs> there's a scene from i'm a, obviously a huge fan of the show the office and there's a scene where Kelly and Ryan walk in and they announce that they're getting divorced and everybody's like, when did you get married? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it was very much that. It was was such a mixed bag. I think a lot of people had kind of guessed over the years um, just because we spent so much time together and gone to so many of the same conventions and, you know, we would be out for dinner. Although usually at conventions, you're often out with quite a number of people. You'll be out with, you know, it'd be me, it'd be uh, my wife, you know, we'd have like two or three other creator friends. So it wasn't, you know, unfamiliar to see us out, you know, together. But there'll be people that would see just the two of us out every once in a while. And, um, yeah, everyone sort of kept it under wraps, which was quite nice. Family reunions must be nice. Just sit around talking about content creator. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. Her, her, yeah. Her, would you say her brother is another creator? Her brother, yeah. yeah. Her brother's a content creator. And it was funny. <laughs> when you guys get together, I'm... is that all you talk about? Or... <laughs> 
No, so I tell you what, I really love it because we all we're all really good at just kind of detaching from it. We'll, we'll mention the occasional thing, but we tend not to talk shop too much when we're around. But we understand the stresses of what mm -hmm. you know each other's going through, and we'll occasionally riff the odd ideas off of one another and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's quite nice having that detachment, and it was really funny the first time. Um, so we've been speaking for a few months, then she was going to come and visit me and just sort of hang out for a week or so. And it was when she was on the train home, uh, afterwards, she got a call from her brother and it's like, Oh, where are you? And she's like, Oh, you know, I'm just coming back from Bristol. He's like, why were you there? And I was like, Oh, I went to go hang out with Martin. And he was like, what? <laughs> like he didn't even know the two of us were even speaking, although, or if we were acquainted at all. Um, so that was just quite funny. We were originally going to have it be that if he hadn't, learned about us yet or anything like that um i was gonna come and visit her one time and he only lived around the corner um and i was just gonna turn up to his front door with like a bouquet of flowers just <laughs> yeah. to make it seem like i was a really like crazed parasocial yeah. like collaborator uh, but we we never got to go that far with it but i would have loved to have seen his face if we'd done it it would have been so That's good funny. We actually had, um, so we do uh, before these these podcast recordings, we do a little private stream for some some of our supporters over on a platform called Glimpse. And one of us told us during the the, the priest stream that we do it, that they found us through Nettie Plays, right? That's your, your wife's channel. Yeah, right? yeah. They found us through her. They went to you and then eventually to us. So like that was their path of finding infant That's skids. That's so cool. Was through your wife to begin with, which is crazy. That's so good. I love that. Those chains. It's amazing that know? when you see the web, yeah, you see the web of where content creators go. And like, I think like Nettie and myself, we've always been really open to kind of like collaborations and group stuff. Like we joined SMPs back in the day that would have such a, such like a mixed bag of creators. And I think I'm pretty certain we were in the first MCC on a team together and everything. Um, so we've always been super open to like getting really mixed in and just trying to meet as many people as possible and just like having a blast with stuff. Yeah, I can't believe you were on the first MCC. Do you know, yeah, how, do you know we, how many you've competed in at this point? Oh, I bet you, I tell you what, I bet you I can pull up the wiki and it'll tell me really quick. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, I was in of... the very first one. And the thing that happened in the first one was we had a friend on our team um, and he ended up falling sick like oh, no. the day before. And we were literally, it was like, is everybody ready to start? We started it and he was like, guys, I, I have to go. I've got to, I've got to go. So he just went off and luckily we had a friend who wasn't a creator, but was like an avid player of like bed wars and things like that from like the Hypixel server. So he was somewhat skilled. <laughs> um, so for the first game of the first MCC, maybe even the first two games, um, we were a three person team. Oh my gosh. And then we ended up bringing it up to a, um, to a four piece from game three onwards, which was, which was wild. <laughs> uh, I'm looking through the list now. Can't get the exact number, but it looks as though from number one to number 30, I probably only missed about four or five events something like that wow. and then i've been in uh, i've been in four or five non-canon events um the various pride ones that they've done um the april fools one and then actually with the Yogscast, um nox crew were really gracious and they actually hosted uh a specific mcc just for us guys in the Yogscast. so the Yogscast is filled with people who have played minecraft for years and some people that have barely played it so we did this really kind of like low to mid skill level event and then brought in a few content creators from the MCC sphere to kind of be team captains. Um, and we got to kind of do that as like a special charity evening, which was really cool. So that one was, um, awesome. that one was good as well. 
So as of this recording, uh, there was MCC just yesterday that you competed in. Yeah, Pride. Yeah. Uh, now I was on. I was in a car driving back from San Diego. I did a little beach vacation with the family last Ooh. week, so I didn't get a chance to see it or compete in it. Obviously, I wanted to. I've actually missed the last couple of MCCs just because timing and scheduled stuff. But uh, how'd you guys do for for those that haven't seen it? And, and how'd your team? Yeah, do we did good. So I was on Orange, uh, and I was with uh, Orange Juice, Gucky, and Scott. Scott's major. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up coming second team and we just lost out in dodgeball. <laughs> it literally came down to Scott and I think it was Dave Kratzy was on the other side of the field. So literally 1v1 round five of dodgeball. Scott had both arrows and unfortunately <gasps> missed both shots. Oh, no. And then Dave hit the return shot. Wow. Um, but yeah, we, it went all the way down that to the wire. Intense. Wow. Yeah, Scott's it was. Scott's got to be kicking and himself for, for missing those shots, though. He, I could hear genuine, like, no. disappointment in his voice when he missed his shots because he knew as soon as he missed those two shots, he knew Dave had it in the bag. Like, I think yeah. the hit percentage on that um, that dodgeball last night, there wasn't a single person beneath, I think, 50 or 60% hit ratio. That's crazy. Um, wow. And I think Dave had a 100% hit rate. So, like, Scott knew he was <laughs> he just, like, was done for. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it was a great event. Really good. I think they raised something like... Thirty thousand dollars, I want to say, for um, the Trevor project, which was cool. That's fantastic. Um, and what I need to do now, though, actually, is um, so normally when you win MCC, you get. I've actually got them right here. Mm-hmm. You get these like fancy little gold coins yep. for the various. Oh, uh, wow. Look at him bringing multiple out. <laughs> I, I do. I do have one in the other room. I have one from. I have one once. Uh, season two. Season two. That's my one I got. But season two, and then there's the season three one. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, the the pride coins this time around, you can actually buy them uh, off the store, and all the proceeds from that are going to um, the charity as well. So I was like, I'll wait to see if we win tonight, and if not, then I'll buy a coin. Yeah. Um, so that's what I ended <laughs> up doing, and I never anticipated that I would get a season three win. So this, I never thought I'd get this. Um, but I ended up buying the silver one that arrived. And then like the next week I won this and I was like, <laughs> I didn't expect that. Yeah. Cause I, there was a period where I was the longest loser in MCC history. So I played <laughs> the most events. And so it was captain sparkles had the longest streak because mm-hmm. he never missed an event. Whereas I'd missed about four or five. So after Jordan finally got his win, I was up to like a 17 event streak without having won. Oh no. Um, and then finally on event 18, I got my my first win, which was quite the moment. Although I had COVID, which was quite funny. That That's crazy. I that you, pushed through that. that you could play that well, well enough to win an event whilst having COVID. I think it calmed me down. I think the nerves, I didn't, I didn't have like enough energy to be nervous. I had enough energy to do you know, inputs, but nothing else spare for like worries or fears. Joel gave me this advice and I haven't used it yet. He said, before MCC starts, have a beer. I was just going to say, yeah, it's probably have a beer. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, yeah. He said, have a beer and, and that will calm your nerves enough. And I didn't do it because when MCC starts, it's like noon my time and I just can't bring myself to have a beer at noon. <laughs> it just feels too weird. So <laughs> I haven't done it. I've Maybe done it. I will, I've, though, I've done turning up to MCC drunk. I, Whoa. it was a genuine mistake. It was for the first pride MCC. And I forgot that the event was on. And I've gone to a friend's house for having this garden barbecue, had a load of drinks. And then I got a text message from Scott being like, are you, are you playing in the event today? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I just like rushed home and I was quite wavy, but we ended up getting to dodgeball at that event. We didn't win overall, oh but gosh. it certainly calmed the nerves. And when we did, they did an event called MCC Rising, which was for like um, creators that were kind of like up and coming or people that, Scott and like a panel of other people at Not Screw felt were like almost like the next generation of Minecraft, I guess, in mm-hmm. a way. 
Um, and they did an event for them. And I remember going into each room and mentioning this little quip about like, maybe have a drink to calm the nerves. <laughs> just remember <laughs> one of the creators, um, she was just like, I've got vodka somewhere. And she just like grabs a bottle and just like does a <laughs> big old swig on the stream. And um, oh. I think they did really well. I think they got like second or third in the end. So it's like, it seems to work for some people. <laughs> I remember my my first MCC I was doing the the VOD review, right? That's so I had no idea what the events were, so I'm like researching yeah. on YouTube. I want to see, you know, how how people run like Ace Race. It's like a, you know, it's a movement based, it's you know, skill level thing. It's basically Mario Kart minus the weapons, isn't it? Right. And so I was watching, and it was like, you know, here's the best way. What's the name of the map? Turtle Turtle Run, I think. Oh, Turtle Run. Yeah. yeah. So it was an Ace Race map called Turtle Run, and it was like, here's the best way to run this map. And I'm watching it, and it's cutting between different creators and each section, showing who, how they did it the fastest or whatever. And then it got to it got to a section that you did, like you held like the record for the fastest time through a certain section of that map. Yeah. And I watched that so many times that like when I mimicked your movements on that section, I actually said the exact same words you did. <laughs> it, was, it was like I was just I, I was channeling you so hard that I was like speaking like you as I was going through this section. It was so I weird. love that. That's the, that sounds like it's the perfect run, right? If you mimic what they say and what they yeah. do, like bam, that's like that was the point. setting an event record straight away. I think it was. Uh, I think the words was I'll take that. Yeah, as soon as I got done, I'll take that. And that's exactly the <laughs> way what you said when you got through this section. I'll take that. That's those awesome. events are such a blur for me i don't remember anything i say or do in those events like unless it's something really stand out where there's like a moment of like calm afterwards <clears throat> those events i'm just so in the zone and there's so much because like a lot of people go in there and they play to win like when you sign up for mcc on the form scott puts like are you playing to win are yeah. you playing for fun or can you do a mixture of I both and i I always just put both i put a mix of both i think that's why i went 17 events without ever winning because like I was aware that I was one of the smaller fish in this big pond. And I was like, you know what? Just to be able to participate and have fun with it, I would love that. Like I've been championing Nox Crew since um, kind of what I guess is the first iteration of MCC, which was um, they did a show back in literally 2011 or 12, which was called the Nox Crew Game Show. And even back then it had the decision dome and you'd throw your eggs and there was <laughs> like a butcher character and stuff like um so i was always just thankful to play in the event but yeah i always put down happy to play for fun or regular so in those events i'm often not remembering what's going on in game because i'm ensuring that the other people on my team are having a really good time mm -hmm. so like this event we had gucky in whenever somebody's it's their first time playing i'll make any sacrifice i can to ensure they have the best experience like for example in santa time um they were a bit nervous about being the sand key uh, about running and stuff mm -hmm. and i was like oh i'll go sand key but don't worry you go run do your thing because it's sands of time is such a unique game mode that you won't get on any mini game server or right. whatever else and i was like i want you to experience this i'm totally fine to play backseat do the sand keeper but they were really adamant about sand keeping and they did <laughs> an amazing job with it but yeah i very much prioritize like fun over you know skills and average points and stuff like that like that stuff just doesn't matter to me at all well, there's no denying you you have skill i mean we witnessed it in the life series uh mm -hmm. trying to chase you down or or pvp you <laughs> and, and and losing over and over again i think because you were talking about how you were trying to chase after him one time and just yeah. could not close the gap no it, it was a good learning experience for me because i was i don't remember even what season it was but i was pursuing him and i'm just like this is it's not like he has better shoes than me why is he so much faster <laughs> than me so i'm running Plant after hacks. you yeah and so i ended up watching that footage back and just to to study on what is it that what, what am i seeing here and what i picked up on was 
as you're uh, running, whether you're chasing somebody or being pursued, you have this instinct to seek out any too high blocks that you can find, whether it's, you know, what block, you know, like that you can fit under, that's only two blocks. It could be leaves. It could be, you know, cobblestone, whatever. Yeah. You're going to find those moments. So you can double jump underneath them and gain another 10th of a second, you know, from your pursuer. And I remember watching yeah. that and being like this son of a bitch. I, I mean, it was so <laughs> like, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. And I'm like, and so I, I worked on it on my own. I set up actually a little like map of my own, just uh -huh. sort of run. And I realized I can't wait to get in a race with somebody else or have to like, this is, that was a good learning moment for me. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just Minecraft too. Cause we were playing, uh, we did a stream where we were playing Mario Kart and Martin was yeah, just yeah. destroying us. It was on my birthday. I remember I was, it was my, yeah. it was a birthday stream. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was happy to let everybody know it was my birthday and that they should let me win. I came to find out later, apparently you talked to Skiz yeah. and he convinced you to not let me win a single race that day. Yeah, is yeah. That, he, he sent the message and I think it was kind of the same thing again. I was like, bet. I was like, yeah, yeah. definitely so this do is, that. Let's cover because this is actually a question from Opal Whisker that says, uh, uh, can you tell your side of the story on the Mario Kart stream? <laughs> because and, and I will say this. So uh, just a quick recap is. I mean, obviously he's good and we can talk, dive more into that. But I had said, you know, it's, it's Impulse's birthday. Don't let him win. And then Impulse was not kind of going to win. He was going to win. And then boom, the, 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 the map just shut off and you were hosting. So people started <laughs> yeah. joking that you had pulled the plug, but I went and watched your footage <laughs> and I'm like, he's playing on, he's playing off the fact that he pulled the plug, but that was a legitimate error. Like there was a, a legitimate yeah. drop. We disconnected. I was like feet from the finish line. Yeah. It would have been the only time I got first place all day long. And it Martin was the last race happen. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. We had decided because. We Last one uh, done. <laughs> yeah, Ollie had to go to like the airport or whatever to go to Japan or something. To go to Japan, yeah. <laughs> so it was so like, tell, it was so. Tell your side of the story. <laughs> There's no side of the story, just that. I didn't do anything. I was just, <laughs> how, like, how you how see it moments before, like, at the same time, though. <laughs> I kept joking that I like I had it wrapped around my big toe, and if at any moment I was going to lose, I was going to like <laughs> yoink my foot under the desk and just like pull the Ethernet cable yeah. out. But no, it's one of those moments. We I've heard you guys talk about it on the podcast before about how. There's some stuff that happens in the live series more so than other places I've mm. like done content where you just can't write it. It is so perfect and so coincidental that you just you couldn't script it. Otherwise, you'd just be snapped up by Netflix or Amazon or someone to just start knocking out shows or skits yep. for this kind of thing. Um, and it was it was just pure chaos. And like <laughs> I was I was doing that race and somehow I'd overtaken the corner. I'd hit a wall and for some reason the reverse key wasn't working. So I'm there doing the slowest like <laughs> donut you could ever imagine. And then the internet goes and I was like, oh, I've been spared. And I just hear <laughs> the impulse going like, no, what did you do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just a heartbreak. And I watched it back. Yeah. I literally pulled up your stream immediately, rewound the vodka went to see it. And it just, it couldn't be more perfect. Oh, it was, it was amazing. And at the time I didn't know that Skiz had told you to keep me from winning. So I yeah. didn't, I didn't know there was any sort of like <laughs> yeah. something behind backstory there. Been, right. Well, what's funny is because you're, you're, you're so quick. You're so quick witted. And when, when I saw you were so stuck, I was getting frustrated for you because you just could not get that cart turned around. Nah, and you see no. impulse is just like we said, feet from the finish line. And as soon as you lost connection and, the, and basically the game was dropped, the second it happened, you said, that's right. If I can't win, nobody does. And so it really, <laughs> it was like so perfect. And, and it, but it was just like, it was just an eye, not, not even an accident. It was a fluke. It was just, but it yeah. was a thing of beauty. The timing, the timing man, I'll tell you. I wonder if that's why I couldn't move. Maybe I was caught in some kind of like lag moment and just I lost all control of my vehicle. Oh, maybe, maybe involuntary at that point. Could have been. Could have been. I was uh, <laughs> I was taking a look at at the wiki 
online that they have about you. And and so oh. it, that's when I realized, man, this this guy's a, a gamer, right? Like he's not just about Minecraft and we've seen his skills in Mario Kart. The wiki said, and you'll have to tell us if this is true or not, you have a Guinness World Record for most goals scored in Rocket League. Is that true or is that fake? Yeah. So that is, it's such a non-record. It's hilarious. What it was was... We were at a, at a convention in the UK called Insomnia and basically Guinness World Record were wanting to release their first gaming edition of the book. And like, I'll call it for what it is. They were basically just handing out these records to people just to fill it out with recognizable names and figures. And I think um, in that particular record, it was myself, Dan TDM, uh, a guy called Waglington. And I could have sworn there was a fourth, but maybe Rocket League is only three players. Um, and they basically said, score as many goals as you can against the NPCs. But the NPCs were set to like, I think, easy or normal or something <laughs> like that. So it just meant whoever was center to the ball, like because you kind of start, you know, one center to each side. If the person in the center just holds accelerate and then does a little boost just before hitting it, you can just lob the ball into the goal from, from center point every single time. And we just did that on repeat as much as possible. <laughs> for the whole three for, minute, whatever round. For the three minute yeah. duration. And then... <laughs> They knew we were going to do it because it was just like hold A to win. Um, so then they came out with already pre-printed plaques like and gave them to us on stage so they can get the image for the thing. So it is such a handout. But I mean, I'll take a Guinness World Record. Like go. that's fine by me. You got but for plaque. me, that was like oddly super special because growing up, those books, the regular ones, because obviously the gaming one hadn't existed yet, but they were like my most, one of my most precious gifts I would get every Christmas like from my family um wow. so to finally send my mom a message be like hey i'm in one like that for me was a really cool moment like total handout but like super special for me it was <laughs> really cool take it i yeah, like no it kidding. yeah i was yeah. reading the wiki and it was just like you know special little tidbits about you and i was like world record what rocket league i didn't even know you played rocket league like <laughs> i didn't that's the thing <laughs> oh that's so i'd have good. to go on stage and they make us play like pictionary or yeah. like i don't know mario kart or something so rocket league i think i'd played grand total two hours of that game ever up before that point <laughs> um, yeah bizarre uh, absolutely bizarre we'll tell you what um we are just about an hour into this one uh which is typically where we we keep we on. got a lot more to and talk about i i know that we have a ton of questions that came from our, our glimpse sub, uh, supporters and a bunch Sweet. of other stuff i want to talk to you about so if you have some more time to stick around we might want to split this into two parts yeah absolutely that's all there. right cool we'll wrap this one up here and uh we'll rejoin you on uh, in a bit for the next one. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right.